0: Well, hello there and welcome back to Level Up with Lori. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And a big shout out to all of you out there that are sending me messages behind the scenes, sharing your successes, sharing what you're loving about the podcast, sharing everything that you've got going on in your business. I see you guys. I know how hard you're working and I love sharing in all of that with you. I love the fact that we can use these businesses as platforms in our lives and that we can work together to really build Bigger and better businesses. And I think that the more that we do that, the more that we share and the more that we collaborate, the stronger all of our businesses are going to be. So please keep tagging me on social media. Keep sharing what you're taking from these podcast episodes. Keep sharing them with your teams because. More knowledge is always going to go a long way, and you just never know what your team is going to connect to. I love sharing them, and actually, to be honest, I make a lot of these podcasts with my team in mind, thinking, "What are the questions um, that I answer all the time with my team? What are the areas that I want to coach on with my team?" So I know that if I'm working with all of them on these things, that I'm hoping that they will be useful for all of you out there too. But I love hearing your ideas. Please shoot me any questions that you have along the way or if you have ideas for podcast episodes send them my way i'm always looking for ideas and inf- inspiration and i also just wanted to quickly make sure that you've checked out my website lauriervin.com. it's still a little bit under construction but i'm really excited about it you're going to find tons of freebies on there links to coaching with me yes 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 i do offer different coaching packages both personal one on one i have a mastermind coming up that i am over the moon excited to launch. So if you want more information about that, definitely hit me a message. And I also do team coaching. So team coaching calls where you can get all of your team on a Zoom and we can coach on whatever topic or even a couple different topics that are relevant to you in the moment. So that's what we got going on. Check it out at lauriervin.com. And guys, this episode. I have to tell you, it's probably going to be one of the most challenging that I've ever done. But it's an area that I get asked about a lot. And I think that I want to open the doors wide. And that's about my journey to a six-figure income. Oh, and how challenging is it to talk about finances? And why is it so challenging to talk about finances? Why is like standing up and saying, hey, this is the amount that I make so against our society norms when at the when at the end of the day like men don't feel the same way and same hesitations that we as women feel so I think we need to be more open and honest and I think we need to be inspired by other people's success but I think we also need to take tips from others so that we if that is on our goal chart that we can get there ourselves and the truth is My journey to six figures is probably not at all what you are going to think I'm going to tell you, because it's different. It was slower than um, I thought, but at the same time, probably quicker than a lot of people. But it's still something that's not easy to talk about. So... While I just take off my shirt and stand in public right here and like bear it for all to see, let's kind of start back at the beginning. And I've talked and told you so many times that I did not start this business because I wanted to start a business. But at the end of the day, I've been kind of a serial entrepreneur in that I had my own wedding planning business. I had my own corporate events planning business. I had my own children's online consignment store. Like I've just always been dabbling in online, or sorry, not, not online. Online, but in businesses, and having, and so I think I'm just, I have always been an entrepreneur and I've always wanted something that was my own. And I think it's also the challenges that are kind of connected to that. So I'm not actually surprised when I look back at it now, seeing that I built a business from when I started, but. I, That was not on my radar. Our house had been broken into. I needed to replace all my jewelry. I had never even heard of Stella and Dot, and now that almost seems unfathomable. But I had never heard of them, and a friend simply recommended me to the website. They had a fantastic deal where I could get less for, or sorry, I could get more for less. And I was like, well, why wouldn't I do that? I'm a numbers person, and if I can get a serious good discount and just replace the pieces that I lost from my collection when it was stolen, then I'm happy. And then one carrot led to another and I kind of just got, I had my eyes open to what network marketing was and kind of how incredible this business model is. And I think that there is no business model out there like network marketing and I wish more people could have their eyes opened in the way that mine were. But... Oh, goodness, guys, I was three weeks from giving birth to my third baby before I started network, my network marketing business. And I was still running my online children's consignment store, which was an absolute workhorse that I ran in order to make $200 a month. (laughs) And when I think back to that now, I also think, wow, wow what how crazy that was but at the end of the day I'm really glad I did it because I made so many contacts through that group so when you look back at your journey can you see the stepping stones can you see how everything that you did before kind of led you to where you are now that group it kind of catapulted my Stella and Dot business when I when I actually decided to dive into it And I think I still did um, that consignment store for another few months after I had my third baby. But I had three little boys at home with me under two and a half years. And so I did fall in love with the product and there was some some incredible incentives. But in my first year, and I signed up in June, so I think that's about eight months, I made $1,100. My first year in network marketing, I made $1,100. And that's not because I was like, trying so hard and the model wasn't working for me, it's because I didn't understand what the model really was yet. And I didn't even really understand what I was sitting on. I just saw something I loved, like in terms of pieces, I saw a discount that I could get. And that's kind of how I worked it from the beginning. I didn't have a mentor at that time that kind of showed me what she was doing that was working the person that I signed up with wasn't really in it for the business aspect of it she was in it for the discount as well so I didn't have any kind of and there was I mean this was six years ago and even though that's a short time Network marketing has really blown up in the last five or six years. It's really changed, and now it's a lot more common ground, and there's a lot more people out there doing it, or maybe I'm just surrounded by those kinds of entrepreneurs because I kind of have the, I gravitate towards them, and they gravitate towards me, but at that time, I was that girl where if you invited me to a bag party, I was like, oh no, I've heard what those are all about. I'm not making an appearance there. They're just going to do... Every single, like... ridiculous notion that you have heard. Those were the things that I actually thought. So my first year, I made $1,100. But I did do a couple interesting things in that first year. Number one, I dabbled a little, like I just started sharing it with friends and family. And I kind of got a couple people loving it that way. I did my first party. And I had never seen a party or never been to a party because I avoided those things like the plague. So I kind of like, Saw what those looked like. Um, I did a, like a little bit of a fundraiser. I, I So I did try out a couple things. So I think all those things, wow, they were super impactful, right? I made $1,100 in my first year. And then after my first year, I had another stylist sign up underneath me. This was not on my radar whatsoever, whatsoever. Um, I was never going to push the business on absolutely anybody else. I didn't want to be that spammy person. I didn't want to. I, I, I was all up in my head hearing all of the things that people are saying and believing all of them. So it wasn't on my radar. And actually, this person came to me not necessarily from... A strong personal connection but actually through that consignment store site we'd done a little bit of business together through there and she was the one who approached me about the business and I and so I started digging a little bit into it to answer her questions and learning a little bit more and then she signed up I did her lunch party with her and keep in mind I hadn't had my own yet and I fell in love her energy the energy in that room that night at her launch party I left thinking, wow, 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 wow. That was so much fun. What have I been afraid of all this time? And in my head, I'm like, I could do that too. And how much fun would all of my friends and family had if I was to host something like that? Like I'd throw out wine. I would have an opportunity to do really fun little like apps and stuff, which I love entertaining. So that really spoke to me as well. So I was like, that. Ah, here we go. I'm gonna do that. And I planned one for a couple weeks down the road. It did over $2,000 worth of business. It booked and launched me into the next phase of my business and I started to see what could happen. But on that fateful drive home after the launch, I started, one thing hit me. I made money at that party. I was not the person selling. I was not the person taking all the orders. Those weren't my friends and family, but I made money by signing this one person into my business who started to work the business on their own. And so I chatted with Megan, who is now one of my best friends in the world, who I talked to multiple times in a week. And I said, what if we just do this together? What if we like share stock? We book parties around each other. Like, what if we just do this together? And she was like, yeah, let's do it. And that is where a friendship was seriously born. And I'm sure so many of you have interesting unique stories out of that um, where the people that you've met and you think to yourself like how did I ever do life without them before and now they're a part of this life because of this journey that I'm taking and that's really if people are to ever ask you what one of the best things about network marketing and being an entrepreneur is it's just the people that come into your life and because they're like-minded right they see life in kind of the similar way that you do and entrepreneurs are different people and network marketing offers this massive it's, it's a different entrepreneurial platform. There's very little risk. The plan is mapped up for you. You have sisters that will link arms with you and make sure that you're successful. The support is unreal and you don't have to carry stock or anything like that. It's all taken care of for you. You don't even necessarily have to come up with promotions and sales. That's all taken care of for you. So it's it allows people to try out entrepreneurship without Any of the risk, right? And the startup is super low. It's typically a product that you love anyway. So the uh, uh, honestly, I know I'm not trying to sell you on (laughs) network marketing, but because you're already in. But sometimes, like I just sit back and think, like, wow, why isn't everybody doing this? So my second year, if I'm continuing along my journey, I'm still on mat leave for until September of the next year. But I remember thinking to myself, okay, so if I want to do this, how am I going to launch this business? I've done my launch party. Now I sit down and I make a list of about 10 to 15 people that if I ask them in the right way, the nice way, the like, please take one for the team way, like these were friends and family, I know that they will do a party for me because all I wanted to do was to get outside of my friends and family. I wanted to meet the people that love the product as much as I did, but I knew I needed my friends and family to kind of get out of that bubble. And don't get me wrong, you can do it. And I've even done a podcast episode about this. You can do it in a different way. But I knew just from my like my launch party where so like where 25 or 30 people showed up that I should be able to do it inside my inner circle. And so I made that list and I ended up booking the next six months. I think I booked about Two parties a month, a really steady amount. And I I set this goal for myself that I was going to sponsor and bring another two women into my organization so that when I went back to work in September with three kids in daycare at home, and I worked an hour away from my house and my husband worked 40 minutes, but daycare was an entirely different like city. So basically we're dealing with four different cities. We live in one, I go to work in one, the kids go to daycare in one, Wayne goes to work in one like I don't even know how we made it through that time in our lives but I thought if I have three people under me, that's going to kind of keep my income where I want it to be. And I was already getting very comfortable in the sales kind of notion. I tried a lot of different things. I fell more in love with the product. And the more I kind of tried things and the more I almost, guys, the more I failed, the better I got at it. So I had all these parties. I started doing them. I started growing my customer base. And then I went back to work in September and I had gotten a couple promotions in the company at that point. And when I went back to work in September, I think that there might have been over 10 people underneath me because, you know, when you start building, it builds faster because if you sponsor people that are also building, you just kind of expand at a different rate. And I was just like, oh, Guys, I was so in love with this business at that time. And it wasn't even that it had turned over tons and tons of money. It was that it had opened my eyes to the possibility and the opportunities. And in September, I went back to teaching. And I kind of looked at that as a brand new market that I was going to be like, able to share my product with and I love teaching and I loved I love the women that I worked with teaching so I was really excited about that and I think I was really excited to be going back to getting to pee in a bathroom all by myself without four boys crawling all over me um so that year so I hit a massive massive promotion in our company a, 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 ma- a major threshold I think in October of that year and then another one in November which Many of you will probably know kind of the rush of the fall season and the winter season is one of the best seasons of most businesses. So for me, October, November, and what should have been, it should have been in December are massive months in business. So a lot of promote, a lot of people when they're going for m- promotions, that's when they aim for them. So all the decks aligned and I hit a, a big promotion. And so to give you kind of perspective, the first one in October was 10,000, over 10,000 in sales for my team plus a couple different girls or women in leadership levels within my team. The next month was twenty over 20,000 um, in sales and a couple more women advancing in their leadership levels. So we were growing and we were doing really, really well. And then the fateful part of my journey is that in November of 2015, I was in a life-changing car accident. So it was literally a week after my that big, big promotion and... I, <laughs> Ironically enough, I was actually coming home from one of my parties. I was on the highway. It was late at night. I was hit by a transport truck and I drove a little Hyundai Accent and the joke of it is that Wayne always used to like call it my lawnmower because it was so small and just like didn't have a lot of power. And but it was a good car. And I bought it the year we got back from Korea and I got my first teaching job. It was like my first brand new car that I owned. And so I was, I was happy in it. Um, but I, <laughs> Um, and the truth is, he always said like that thing would not um, like live through an, an accident or something. It will like, but that baby, it got me out of that car accident alive. So hit by a transport truck, I was hit by three or four more vehicles while spinning on the highway. And then I landed face first in the cement median. So huh, this is uh, this is a hard part of the journey, but a part of the journey that I think is important to mention because it changed everything um, changed everything so i did i did walk away from the the accident um, fully with all my limbs intact which I, rem- I i don't remember a ton from that night but i do remember when i was out of the vehicle i don't remember getting out of the vehicle but i remember when i was out of the vehicle kind of feeling my arms and legs and thinking wow okay I'm still here. I'm not broken. Um, And then inside the ambulance, I was certain that I was okay and kind of signed off saying, yeah, I just want to go home. Didn't even go to the, like, didn't even go to the hospital. And when you think about that, hit by a transport truck in a hand accident by three or four cars after that. And then in a cement median, I likely should have been going to the hospital. But I think shock had taken over my body and it was just getting to me to that next point. Like, and all I wanted to do was get home. I wanted to be with Wayne. I wanted to be with the boys. And I just wanted my comfort comfort place so I didn't actually know that anything was wrong for the next day but the next day after that I actually tried to do and remember we were in the busiest month of the year for Stella Dot so the accident was on a Friday night where I had an event on the Saturday I was supposed to be running a multi-vendor event at the community center in a local town Obviously, I didn't get to go to that and thank goodness the women stepped up and helped to organize it and it ran very smoothly. And then on Friday, I had another party out of town. So busiest season I was maximizing. I was like I was teaching and working the side business and I was loving every minute of it. But at this party I started to realize that something was really wrong. I couldn't remember things that I had remembered 48 hours that I knew solidly 48 hours before. I was trying to add something up on a piece of paper and I couldn't add 3 plus 2. And guys, I am a math teacher and a business teacher. So I can add very very well or at least I could before. And everything was slipping from me. And I just like, even the words, I was trying to have conversations with these women and the words were not there. And you would have looked at me and not known anything other than the fact I had some serious marks on my face from probably where my head hit the steering wheel. But um, you wouldn't really know that anything was wrong. And I got home and I talked to Wayne about what I was seeing. And he was like, oh, yes, you have a concussion. You need to go to the doctor's tomorrow and just... Like you probably shouldn't be going to, I was going to go to work the next day. I was like, okay, so I mean, if I have to, maybe I'll take one day off. But like my grade nines have a really serious math test this week. And I just do not want to miss that because I need to make sure that they're prepared for it with the studying and all the things. And like (laughs) that is the life of a teacher is that you don't put yourself first, right? You put those kids first and you put their needs first. And whatever you're dealing with comes second because their success, like you're a part of that. So I was not going to put their math test in jeopardy um, by missing too many days that week. So I did agree to go to the doctors on the Monday, but things started to unravel and get a lot worse. So I started to have migraines so intense that I couldn't even come out of my room. I couldn't even get out of bed. I couldn't see anything. Um, It was awful. There was days when I thought maybe I should be going to the hospital because I feel like my head is about to explode, but I was in too much pain to ever make it there. And Wayne was still carting all three boys off to daycare in the morning and trying to manage getting, getting all three of them home and getting them fed with a wife that couldn't like walk a straight line. Like it was a really, I mean, guys, they were one, two, and three. They were very needy. And they did not necessarily have a lot of compassion for everything that their mom was going through. And rightfully so. And it's interesting because now I've had a lot of specialists that have said like, you know, maybe some of your successes in the beginning and some of your recuperation in the beginning, you could thank to- thank your kids for. Because a lot of concussion patients will just put themselves in a black room and ignore the world for weeks on end. But I was never able to do that. I had to show up for my family. Um, But I knew if I had to show up for my family that I couldn't also be showing up for school. So I started, my doctor said, you know what, just take a week off and and wait until you've had two days without a headache. And once you've had two days without a headache, we will um, investigate you going back further. And I can tell you that I'm four and a half years later and I still haven't experienced that two days without a headache yet. So life, to say life has changed is a very small, (laughs) is a very kind of, Uh, I don't know how to put it into words. And I won't go too much into my journey of trying to go back into teaching and millions of hours spent in rehabilitation, seeing countless specialists. But what I can tell you is that – that December, I had to really look at this business and decide that if if I, if it was something that I wanted to stick with, because I wasn't, I was barely functioning as a human. And I had these kids and I had a job that I wanted to get back to. So where was this little business on my priority list? And I'll tell you that every single person in my life, including my husband, who I adore, told me to give it up told me that I needed to take care of myself first and to not think about that business because it was probably taking away from my healing. And, but I couldn't. There was something in me that just couldn't. And what I look back and think about now is that I think that that having that business was actually what, like, kept me alive, not not live in the sense that I was going to actually die but I mean alive in the sense that it didn't I like I was diagnosed with chronic depression or like severe depression PTSD all of that but inside my business when I was coaching my team when I was connecting with my customers I was still Lori I was still Lori without all the bruises without the warped brain without all of the like crap that I was going through every single day without all of the deficiencies that I was experiencing I was still Lori. And they didn't see me any differently. And they didn't see me any less. And they didn't start every conversation with, so how are you doing now? (laughs) And for anybody who's ever gone through something massive and lives in chronic pain, or has experienced something like this, you know that it starts to monopolize every area of your life, every faucet of your life, and every interaction of your life becomes about what you're going through. And it's that in and of itself is deflating and oh just really really hard. So inside my business I was holding on and I was still me and yes they kind of knew that I had been in a car accident but I don't know that anybody really knew. In fact I didn't really even talk about it on Facebook all that much. I had people six months later who had sent me a message who I was just touching base with who didn't even realize that I'd been out of work for six months. So I guess I didn't make I tried to not make that a part of my online persona if you will because it was my place that I didn't have to if you I hope you can understand that um I did I will say I did get up give up every single in-person party that I had booked for the next couple of months I gave them to um a, like a gal on my team who's incredible who rocked them and I did that very Like it wasn't easy to do because anybody who's in network marketing knows it's hard. The The hardest part about this business is booking the parties. And what I realized was that I needed to learn ways to do my business differently. So if I wanted to stay with it, how was I going to do it when I only had a couple hours a day where I could function, where I didn't know what what day would be like from this day to the next because of pain, and where my whole life was being monopolized by seeing specialists and then trying to parent in the evenings to the best of my ability. So. I turned to online. And at that point in time, there wasn't a lot of people rocking an online business. I didn't even have a VIP group at that point, I don't think. Or if I did, I only had had it for a couple of months. I started out like most people do with a Facebook business page, but I didn't have a group. So... I started doing that. I'd never I'd done a couple online parties, but they had just been such flops that I'd gotten out of that. And I thought, okay, well, Lori, if you're gonna do this online thing, you better do it better. You better try every single thing and you better come up with a plan. So I just started trying things and I just started dabbling more and more. And lo and behold, in that year, in my third year of business, where I could barely get out of bed, where every single day was a challenge, I doubled my income. So I made forty-four thousand that year. So was that? I think, guys. Remember, my memory is still not as it is. But my third year um, in network marketing, I made forty-four thousand. So I doubled it from the twenty-two. <laughs> interesting enough basically essentially doubled but I didn't do other than like having to try the online thing like I was still doing all the things and I think what you need to know and what you need to take from this is that if you want to keep growing your income you have to just keep doing all the things and keep growing your business so you need to be consistent inside that business you need to always be bringing in xyz and sales and if you always need to be doing I always tell my girls the minimum that you should be doing if you want to be a leader in this business is $2,500 a month, and my personal goals between $5,000 and $10,000, but I always have had bigger goals than most people, but I say, if you want to be a leader in this business, you got to do at least $2,500, and if you want to make more money, you got to do at least $5,000, because I think at the end of the day, we can't always depend on the team that we're building to bring in our income. In fact, we should never really be relying on that. What we can rely on in our own businesses is our own personal sales. And that has always been my mentality. And I think that's why I've always been growing my paycheck, because alongside my own personal sales, I'm also building this massive empire of women who are absolutely incredible at rocking their own businesses, but I'm simply showing the way by doing the things that builds my own business, if that makes sense to you. And then the next year was the year that I hit my six figures. And I would love to tell you that there was something massive that shifted in my business. There was something that I did there. Here's the, here's the secret. This is what I did to hit six figures. But there isn't one. And I think that that should give you a sigh of relief because it likely means that as long as you're doing the things in your business that will grow it month to month and you're being consistent and you're continuing to show up, that you will get there. And if you want more, then you need to do a little more. So let's just say this. Let's break it down. If you want to get to six figures, what if I told you you could get to six figures if for the next two years you sold between five and ten thousand dollars, and you brought to one to two people into your organization every single month. That isn't that scary, right? I think the problem is, is we we look at it as this far off thing. And we wonder to ourselves, how am I ever going to get there? Well, you can't go from point one to point 10 without all of the steps in between. And in these businesses, those steps are just being consistent, really honestly. And one of my other best tips, if you want to grow your income and you want to grow your business, that you need to go for the carrots inside your business. Because if your company is anything like mine, Those carrots and those incentives that they throw out there are often the things that you should be working on in that moment. So whether it's sales based or it's sponsoring based, they don't put those out there willy nilly thinking like, well, whatever, we'll just throw this at the wall and think that this might work. They think to themselves, you know what, this is the best sponsoring time of the year. So let's throw out a sponsoring incentive and help women grow their business in that way. And then they think, you know what? There's a lot of sales going on, right? Or maybe this is actually a really slow time for sales. So let's throw out a sale incentive and get people to dig into their business to pull off this incentive. Here's the thing. Here's what I tell you. You don't ever need to have slow months in your business for because of personal sales. All you need to do in those businesses, or in those months that are a little bit more challenging, is more. So in January, I had the exact same sales that I had had in, like my personal sales, that I had had in December. And let me tell you the difference in the months. In December, they came a lot easier. I didn't have to do as many online parties as I did. I didn't have to ask as many people. I didn't have to throw out as many, like different promotions. In January, I had to pull out all the stops. I had to ask 10 times more people if they wanted to do a party with me because it's not as like it's not as busy or like as crazy of a month, but you can still get where you want to go. You just need to do more. And so that's my journey to six figures. And if I had to kind of boil it down to the lessons that I would take is number 1 just keep going. But number two, know where you want to go and break it down into goals and steps along the way. Don't try to get to that six figure the year. Well, honestly, I do believe that you could probably get to six figures in that first year, but I don't want you to be like depressed or let down or beat yourself up about not achieving those big goals when you haven't looked at all of the steps in between. So if I want to build this masterful, like this empire of people, it all starts with one person. Selling $100,000 in a year starts with breaking that down into monthly goals and going from there. Goal setting is so incredibly important in this business. And maybe I should do a podcast episode all about that because I think goals and money and mindset are all really, really intertwined. And as I'm actually working with a coach right now myself, I'm realizing more and more that that is true. Because she tells me, like, Lori, you have to have an exact number that you want to make. You need to send that number out into the universe. And then the universe will come back and give you that number if you're working towards it. And I mean, it sounds a little woo-woo and a little bit crazy. But I have seen it time and time again in network marketing where I think to myself, okay, today I'm going to sell... $1,500. And I'm not quite sure how I'm ever going to do that. But I put that number on paper. Then on the next side of the paper, I brainstorm all of the ways that I can get those sales and pull in those sales. And it's not like I put that number on paper and then I just sit back and I wait. No, that number is what helps me to dig deep and to figure out how to get to that number. It's how I set my goals and it's how I set myself up for success. You have to know where you want to go. So number one, keep going. Number two, break down those goals and get really, really, really specific about it. Number three, I'm going to tell you that you need to have a mentor. You need to have somebody that is going to pick you up, help you set goals, someone that will work with you. So maybe it's your upline, maybe it's your upline's upline. You want pacing partners in this business, people that are working towards the same goals as you. But even more importantly than that, you want to have a mentor that's already been where you want to go. Um, and I think that that was something that I kind of lacked in this business and maybe what kind of slowed me down in my process. But at the end of the day, I did learn a lot along the way. But I it took me a few years to actually start investing in myself and in my business and in finding mentors that had been where I wanted to go so that it would help me get where I was going. And That is so, so important. You need somebody that you can bounce ideas off of, somebody that can push you and pick you up and tell you that it's possible, but also kind of show you what they have done to get there. So there's so I could rattle on about this for a million and six days, but I just wanted to tell you that whatever your journey is or has been to this point, you can start day one. Today. I don't care if you've been dabbling in your business for eight years and you've just never really gotten off the ground. You can decide that today is day one and today is the day one of your journey to six figures. And reach out to me. I can like put you in a program that will like get you on pace for meeting six figures. Um, Or if six figures isn't what you're after, like whatever your goal is, set that goal put it on paper, and start breaking it down to work towards it. Whatever your journey is, today can be day one. And all your failures can be what you learn from and help you get to where you're going in your journey. And what's amazing about achieving these goals in your journey, and I can tell you that I'm on year three or four of well over six-figure businesses now, and it all comes from being consistent in my business. I'm trying to think, um, I'm terrible memory. But, um, yeah, and now I just trust that I that that income is going to come. And that income is a consistent in my life, but I've also been I also need to start thinking bigger. I need to start thinking about where am I going next in my business? How am I building this to multi six figures? because once you've achieved that goal, I want you to celebrate, I want you to dance it out, but then I want you to set a new and bigger and better goal because that is what I love about these businesses is the energy of making and crushing goals. And that's why I think that a lot of mini goals inside of that massive goal are what will help you like stay on track because you're going to get a lot of energy and excitement from killing goals, right? So if you break those goals down, year goal, then a monthly goal, then a weekly goal, like if you're always achieving goals, and they're small goals, and they're manageable goals, they're going to propel you closer to your next goal. Okay, guys, I want you to, I want to challenge you to write down that big, massive, scary goal that you have. And I want to challenge you to put that on social media and tag me. And if you're feeling a little too scared to do that, then I want you to send it to me in a private message. I want to be super uplifted by all these big goals and big badass goals that you guys have. Because what is life without working towards something, right? Like it's boring. We want to work towards having the businesses of our dreams. And I just want you to know that it's possible. There is not a single thing about me that makes me special, that makes me different, except that I keep going, that I stand up, that I am consistent, and whenever I fall, I just keep going. I figure out another way. And I don't have a lot of excuses because I know they're just excuses. So I just keep going. That is the only thing that makes me different from somebody who doesn't have does hasn't yet gotten there or and somebody that has is the ability to keep going. All right. I feel like I have, this is probably my longest podcast episode yet. I hope you took away some little tidbits from it. And I hope that you push yourself for those big goals. And I hope that you put yourself out there on a limb by tagging me on social media with that big goal and by sending it to me behind the scenes, because that is how we achieve our goals by first putting them out there into the universe. All right, guys, over and out. Thanks for another great episode. I am so thankful for every single one of Until next week, my friends.